0: Hello creatives, I'm Joanna Penn and this is episode number 663 of the podcast and it is Sunday the 18th of December 2022 as I record this but the show is going out on Boxing Day 2022 so happy holidays wherever you are in the world. So in today's show I'm sharing a discussion I had with Orna Ross on the Ask Ally podcast where we do a monthly advanced salon. We discuss Annie Duke's fantastic book, Quit, The Power of Knowing When to Walk Away, and share some of the things we have quit, from social media sites to blogging and podcasting to writing specific book series, business models, jobs, cities, and even countries. So I hope the discussion helps you consider what you might need to quit in order to make room for what you want to achieve in 2023. You can find our discussions as well as more help for self-publishing on the Ask Ally podcast. That's um, Ask, A-S-K, obviously, and Ally, A-L-L-I, podcast uh, on whatever you're listening to this on. And our December episode is on the trends for 2023, including the creator economy, generative AI tools, and how social media is changing in 2023, which should be going out on the YouTube channel. Uh, Already it should be there on YouTube and on the audio feed around the 30th of December, if you want to listen to that too. A few other things, I put out my recommended books list for 2022 on my blog, links in the show notes, and the list does include quit, as well as some others you might enjoy for fiction and nonfiction. Plus, if you're potentially interested in my pilgrimage book, please sign up to be notified about the Kickstarter at thecreativepen.com forward slash pilgrimage. Plus, this is your last chance to take advantage of my end of year promotion. You can get 33% off my eBooks, audiobooks, and courses until the end of the year if you buy direct. That will include your author business plan, the book and the course, which might be useful, the creator economy, the AI assisted author, if you're interested in learning more about that, how to write a novel, how to write nonfiction and much more. Just use coupon 20222022 on creativebooks.com for ebooks and audiobooks and on the creativepen.com forward slash learn for my courses links in the show notes. So that's coupon 2022 for both um, my book sites and my courses until the end of 2022. Hopefully that is obvious. So today's episode is sponsored by my wonderful patrons. Thanks to everyone who's been supporting the show for years and those of you for months. And thanks to new patron this week, Zoe Routh or Ruth. Thank you to everyone who's been supporting the show. And it does mean a lot to me financially, but also (laughs) mentally. (laughs) It really makes me happy to know you find this show useful. And of course, if you support the show on Patreon, you'll get the extra monthly Q&A episode. So yes, you can support the show at patreon.com p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash the creative pen right let's get into the discussion with me and orna hello everyone and welcome to the alliance of independent authors advanced self-publishing salon with me joanna penn and orna ross hi orna hi joanna and hello everyone Hello. Yes, we are back. It is almost the end of 2022, which is crazy. And today our topic is when to quit and what to quit and all the things we've been quitting. And I'm going to put this into context. So basically, my friend Jay Thorne, who many people will know, um, author, podcaster, extraordinaire, uh, Jay Thorne recommended this book to me. So it's called Quit, The Power of Knowing When to Walk Away by Annie Duke. And Jay recommended it to me I recommended it to you. I've recommended it to Sasha Black, who's also talked about on her podcast now. It's going around at the moment, this book. And what is so brilliant about it, and what we want to do is reframe it as the book reframes it, which is quitting doesn't need to have this negative context. What we want is it to have a more positive context and letting go of things. And we're at that time of year when it's like, yeah, we need to let something go for a good reason. So when I recommended it to you, Orna, why did you say, yes, that sounds like a good idea?
1: Well, I was already in the middle of, I was thinking letting of, of it as letting go, because that's kind of my vernacular. But uh, I periodically do this anyway, sort of the clear out. So you, no matter how careful you are, how intentional you are, you accumulate dead wood and also you change, you shift or, Things change, tools change, the climate changes, readers change and what they want. And so you can kind of get stuck. So it's good to do a bit of an inventory and have a look and see what's going on. So just at the moment that I was kind of doing all that, we were chatting and you said, oh, great book, quit. And then we said, "Okay, that's got to be the theme for our next podcast. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, this is it. I mean, I feel like so often we idolise grit and perseverance and they have all these positive connotations. You'll often hear, for example, in the author industry, oh, all you need to do is stick it out. Eventually people fall away. And if you keep going, you'll make it. If you keep submitting to agents, you'll eventually get an agent. Or if you keep writing more books, you'll eventually be successful, whatever that means. And we have all this stuff that really basically says you must keep going, whatever happens. And that is consistent considered a good thing, whereas the words quitting can imply negativity. And Annie Duke, who's the author, she played professional poker, and she basically talked about the professionals quit more often. The most successful poker players quit more often. And we're not playing poker, but it's a game of of skill. And I think that's really interesting in terms of quitting more often. Also, what I think is really important is we're not necessarily talking about quitting bad things, like quitting smoking, although great, or or whatever else. It's more about quitting some of the good things, because we don't necessarily pile bad things into our life. We pile good things into our life, but then we can't achieve the main kind of goal, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that is the point, particularly in creative industries, passion-based businesses. We love all the things we do and we'd love to do more. There are all these lovely and it just keeps on expanding as well. All the lovely, shiny things you can do. I'm, you know, it's just over a decade and a half ago that None of these opportunities existed. And now with every passing year, there are more and more. So it can be really tempting. And we're not talking here about shiny object syndrome so much as things that, that have become embedded. But they have and they may be fun and they may also be financially rewarding to some degree, but you have to check them for a kind of opportunity cost. In other words, might mm. you be better off doing something else? It's not just about what you're doing, but you might be better off quitting something that's doing okay for you because something else might serve us better. The other thing I think is that not quitting and just kind of doing the same thing can become a bit compulsive sometimes or just, you know, we do it by rote. So we talk about creative writing and creative publishing and the core of that is is keeping things fresh. And staying engaged, you know, what we were talking about there at the beginning, the variety of switching out of nonfiction into fiction works for us in some way. But sometimes it's just about letting things go so that something new can come in.
0: Mm, Yeah. And you mentioned there the sort of the opportunity cost, but there are also financial costs time costs which kind of come into that opportunity cost but also the one really big thing that she talks about is sunk cost and this feeling like look i've put this much into whatever it is and we're going to go into some more examples in a minute but you know i've put all these years in all this money all this effort and it may be if i just keep going a bit longer it might be worth it eventually. So well, let's start on some of the examples. You, to have mentioned it before, but you know, the, your creative nonfiction books, you put years into these. What did you quit in that sense? And how did you get over that sunk cost fallacy?
1: Yeah, so I've always been really interested in the process of creativity. And I wanted to do a series about creative process and not so much about writing and publishing, but creative living and how you can apply the process that we apply to our writing and to our publishing into everything. Because I really firmly believe that this is a way to, to approach life, except that we're all conditioned into a different way of approaching life. So I did a long um series. I commissioned all the covers. I put the covers out there, which I used to do as a kind of way to make myself do things. I didn't after this After this one. <laughs> so I kept going for really a long time. Between, I think, 2013 and 2016, I was working on it on and off as I was doing all sorts of other things and kept going back to it, kept going back to it. And then one day you said to me, you know maybe it's time to realize it's not going because i kept it just wasn't coming together
0: for me and it was your birthday that's what it was, was a big it? birth yeah it ah. was the year before your big birthday okay. a big birthday and you said <laughs> i want to finish on this particular day and you hadn't and yeah. that's when i said to you maybe it's how much time. longer yeah. you're going to do it. Yeah. And I went home with my tail between my legs
1: <laughs> and realised, you know what, I uh, this is best, quit. So what I did was I put the core of it, the nuggets of it into one book and I was satisfied with that. And I still every so often find myself drifting back over and thinking that I'd love to do that again. And I realised it It came and and could be, still could be, but I won't let it be a sort of a procrastination thing, an easier thing to do in a way than some of the other things that I want to do more. So that was the biggest thing, I think, that I ever quit in terms of, because I am somebody who sticks it out. My fiction takes a very long time to put together. And even writing a short poem for me, I can take a long time over over that. And I I am somebody who kind of prides myself on my grit and my resilience and my bounce back and all of that. And what I found very interesting about the Duke book was the examples she gave of people who were at the height of their game and then were, you know, were watching things falling apart, Muhammad Ali being the very well-known example, but lots of business examples as well of people who the evidence was clear and in front of them, this is not working, but there's this mental and emotional attachment to something that you've invested lots of blood and sweat and tears into and just letting it go becomes the hardest thing to do and, but of course when you do, let go and when i let go when i let that series go it was such a sense of lightness i really felt like a great burden had been lifted off me and i was free to do other things i got much more serious about poetry publishing which was much more fun and much better integrated with the busy busy schedule that i had in those years
0: yeah. Well, I guess before we get into all the other details, I'll just do my, but the big one that I came to after reading the book, which was to quit my books and travel podcast. No. Which, <laughs> you didn't tell me. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, didn't I? I thought yeah. I told you. No. Yeah. So basically, and it was almost like that book gives permission to let something go that you've kind of been feeling for a while. And so I started my books and travel podcast and the website back in early 2019. Obviously, before the pandemic, I thought I was going to write must kind of move into more travel genres. But what I've learned, and I love, love, love my books and travel podcasts, I may still do an occasional episode or a solo show or something and I'll keep the website that's all going to be there but doing a new episode every couple of weeks you know how much work a podcast is and then it would suck me in with all the awesome show notes and I would find all the right photos and I was doing all that because I really enjoyed it but it was probably taking like a day and a half a week for something that ultimately has not brought me any income and has actually cost me money costs me hosting, costs me time, all of that. And also I've discovered a lot about the traditional publishing industry around travel books. It, and it, it's a very different genre. It's a lot of writing for hire, a lot of commissioned work. And so I learned about the genre, I learned about how, and, and I also just decided not to follow a business model that I'd set up for that website. Like It just wasn't going to work. So um, I decided to give it up. And the moment I decided I felt so much better. Again, it's like, you know, when this is the right decision, when you just feel like, oh, yeah, thank goodness for that. (laughs) And it's freed up my time. And now I feel like I can, you know, I finished my pilgrimage book, it's almost like released me from a whole load of stuff. And I all the stuff I thought I was going to do with it, I've now just let that go. As I said, it's still going to sit there and it's all kind of evergreen because it's travely stuff. But yeah, so I didn't know I hadn't told you that.
1: <laughs> no, that one escaped me. I've been very head down, I have to say. Ding. Yeah, so wow. I'm still suffering from the latest let go that I've done though. I found it really hard, which is my personal blog. So that was the big one that came out of the book for me. I hadn't even been thinking about it. I just... I just blog because I blog, if you know what I mean. It's a, it was a way of me kind of getting thoughts together. I've tried, I've used it in all sorts of different ways over the years. It's, years, it's grown with me. I have been blogging since 2008, year in, year out, and just always did. And then I just thought, you know what? I'm going to let go of the blog. And so I did, but I still find it hard and I don't, I have things that I kind of, Want to express in a certain way, and I'm not quite sure how to do that as yet, but I know it's the right decision, but I'm still feeling this sort of habit energy of having it there, and it feels like a bit of a hole in my, in all my nice things, but I know it's the right thing to do because I really have to focus my energy. Fiction writing is very different, and that's what I've realised how much energy it takes. By by not doing it for a while, and by coming back to it, I realised that I didn't. I just didn't have enough time, enough energy, enough creative yeah, energy.
0: I, f- I feel, both of us. Well, in fact, you hear this from everyone. Whether you're a rapid release person or more like us, everybody does seem to need to sink into the fiction, and you have to allocate. A specific amount of time. And like with nonfiction, I can be like, oh, I've got an hour, I'll write some stuff and bash out some words. But I, I can't do that with fiction. Like I need more time to sink into it like you do. But let's get into some of the questions we've got for the listeners. So we'll st- stay with writing and books, first of all, because I feel like this is what we're talking about right now. You've talked about quitting writing those creative books. We've talked about quitting blogging. So some of the questions here are when to quit writing that book. So you've really talked about that, or although those are, you were already writing those. We hear from indies who are not just indies, people who've been writing the same book for more than a decade or people who've just been working and working on the same book. Maybe one could write something else or, or can we get blocked by that that old idea?
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and I think the main thing to say about these questions is there is no right answer. It's just going to resonate with you if If you feel maybe it's time to let that go and... I mean, there are two, especially at the beginning, it's you can keep working away at something that you would be better off doing something maybe a little bit less ambitious, getting it through, particularly if you are keen to be a successful indie author and to publish regularly, the whole experience of putting a book out, actually getting through the publishing thing, letting, you know, so if it's something that's going to, ta- has taken years and is going to take years, like my first book. Uh, Maybe it might be do something easier first and do one or two easier projects and then come back to the great magnus opus rather than feeling that has to be your first time out. So, yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah. So some of the other possibilities around quitting, when to quit a series. So if your read through is dropping and dropping and dropping over time, and maybe you've put loads of marketing money in it, and it's just not taking off, should you write something new? Also, even quitting an entire genre. I mean, I've recently interviewed uh, Dan Padovona, who's a great example. He just wasn't making the money he wanted for the amount of books that he was writing. And he switched genres from horror into thriller and just found that immediately things started to take off. and And I think this is something that I'm actually considering this around genres is that I have some ideas that don't fit into my normal genres. And it may be that I might find it easier to write some of these ideas in other genres than the ones that I've been writing for over a decade now. So that's interesting too. Very interesting. And I think it's easy enough to
1: know you should quit if money is falling Well, actually, if money is is still fine and you're selling reasonably well, but you know that creatively you're in a rut and, you know, you're bored Mm. or worse, you can really have quite negative feelings where you turn your writing into a the worst sort of day job and you have to whip yourself in and all of that, that too is time to quit. I think if you're not balancing both the commercial and the creative, then that is a sign that something needs to change for sure. Or maybe not all out quitting the full thing, the full series or the full genre, but something needs to go. And so, yeah, it's not mm. just about commercial reasons, which can make it easier to, to make that judgment.
0: Yeah. And then a couple more in the sort of writing bit is when to quit an author name. This is like a big one. And especially like I almost feel for me, both my author names are my actual name, which means emotionally like J.F. Penn for my fiction, I have written all over the shop and I am really thinking not to leave, not to quit J.F. Penn, but maybe a bit like books and travel, park it and write something, a new genre under another name to kind of almost start again or do something in secret or this is a problem when we do everything in public like we do but I mean Orna Ross is not your actual name it is a pen name for the first instance but you also did add an initial for your non-fiction didn't you so what are your thoughts on quitting author names?
1: Yeah, it's it's that thing of freshening it up, isn't it? And and like you say, you can it's the beginner's mind. You give yourself permission mm. in a way that if there's a whole load of baggage attached to the name, both your own internal emotional baggage and then what readers expect, that just just by changing your name you can really lighten your load. So I think there are definitely times to to think about doing that. And when I was a journalist I had about six names.
0: Uh, (laughs) that's funny because Dean Wesley Smith and Christine Catherine Rush talk about this like between them they have like 50 names or something that they've written under traditional publishing does this all the time right
1: all the time all the time you meet people and you realize they're writing steamy erotica under one name and domestic tips under another because we are all many things we contain multitudes So, yeah, there is absolutely no problem with that and parking things for a while. But also, if you feel, I think one of the biggest reasons here to let go is if something is completed, then, you know, Mm -hmm. let it go completely. We do tend to keep a door open and sometimes that makes sense. And again, there is no right answer here, no right way to do things. But it is worth saying that sometimes keeping a door open Energy can leak out that door mm-hmm. and doing the hard thing of quitting while you're ahead is, is a really great thing to do. You see it all the time with TV shows and, and other creative projects that it just goes from bad to worse and people are so attached and they just can't let go. So it's just, it's definitely worth asking you, yourself these questions at the end of the year as we're beginning to look at another year. A a publishing model is the other thing, you know, Mm. business model and publishing model. So, you know, if you've been KU from the start, is it time to to go wide with some books or vice versa? If you're always wide, is there something that should go into KU? We would say that it is definitely time for people to, to think about quitting some things in order to put them onto your own website. So, for example, I'm quitting Patreon at the moment, taking my reader members over onto my website because I think I can... Well, one reason is because Patreon doesn't allow you to put things up and and put up the amount that it costs. And I initially went in at a very low level and it's years ago. Me
0: too. Me too. Yeah, and
1: it's years ago and you can't make that change. And also, Mm -hmm. I just feel I'd be able to serve the, the... Something about the communication being more direct, I think, will suit my readers. I'm not going to move my author patrons. So, yeah, that's another example of just thinking about different ways of doing things. Because, of course, letting one thing go means taking on something else or not, not necessarily taking in a new thing. But it does mean you're going to do something differently. So, yeah, you finish one chapter, you open another.
0: Mm. And just on that, so the direct sales model, software is another thing. You and I have been doing this long enough now. We've seen so many different software and new software comes along all the time. And again, this is not shiny object syndrome. This is look at the software and does it actually suit your, what you need better than another type of software? So for example, I moved from, Payhip is wonderful if you just want to do some direct ebook sales or whatever, but moving to Shopify for me was about being able to do print on demand. And being able to do a lot of merchandise, a lot more functionality with a Shopify. Also, they're getting into crypto and NFTs and all of these things. So I've got this kind of future proofing. I've been using PayHit before that. I was using various WordPress plugins and email software. Someone asked me the other day, I use ConvertKit, but it's the third service I've used. Hosting platforms, I think I've used four hosting platforms. So again, the service you use as part of your business model, you can move this stuff. And again, it just it takes a bit of energy to move from one system to another. But Patreon, I'm also thinking about how I can achieve what I want to achieve with that or whether I have to find something else. So this is part of it too, isn't it? Like, again, quitting can be pivoting or moving uh, and changing or not just giving it up entirely.
1: Exactly. And advice too. Where are you getting your advice? Where is it coming from? Are you listening to the same people saying the same things for many, many years? There's so many new podcasts now. So many new. When's the last time you actually went out and looked to see, you know, what's, what is newest? Same with technology and tools. Things are really changing and changing very rapidly. But are you doing things the same old, same old, just because that's the way it, it oh, you've always done it? There may well be a tool that would really lighten your load that you're not even thinking about. So yeah, I would say mm-hmm. at least once a year, well worth doing an inventory of what's, yeah. what you're using and just looking to see whether it's, it's been upgraded
0: yeah or even like just looking at your monthly subscriptions because often we sign up for things we go oh it's five dollars a month whatever and then you realize that you haven't looked at this stuff or you've done a yearly this happened to me recently a yearly subscription renewed for something that i didn't use anymore but because it was on annual i didn't notice it was there it was a social media plugin thing for my website and i was like oh that's really annoying then of course they wouldn't refund me and i was like well i'm now i only do monthly but that's another example you just have to look at things and move on but let let's talk about marketing as well, because <laughs> you have quit something that kind of comes under marketing and or communication. What, what else have you quit? Twitter.
1: <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, also sad, really, really sad about this. Because again, I started I started my blog on Twitter at the same time because they kind of fed into each other. Back we met ago. on Twitter. Ona. We met on Twitter. I met so many great people on Twitter. Absolutely. And it's so much. Yeah, I, I think it's the, it is the best social network because it's got the thinkers and the writers in abundance there and all of that. But I just can't can't cope with the the drama, the Musk (laughs) factor. And so, I mean, the alliance is still there. And so, but just me personally, sort of everything about the way he does business is the opposite to the way I do business. And I just, yeah, I've just quit it. Uh, So quit it, deactivated the account. It gets a month, I think, and then it's gone for good. So yeah, yeah, I'm not going back.
0: Well, this is an interesting question. So I'm the opposite side, I will go down with that ship as much as uh, there are some issues with that, that person, I admire other sides of things. So I'm all in on Twitter, it's my own, really my only network, like everything else is peripheral, not important to me, but I'm in Twitter every day. And especially the AI Twitter, crypto Twitter, like I'm in a lot of communities that aren't really elsewhere. So I get a lot out of it. And so I'm staying, but I did consider what would happen if it implodes or if it's blocked on Apple devices, blah blah blah. And I don't think I would go anywhere else. I think if it came down to it, it would be a case of quitting and not replacing it. And I've seen a lot of people go to Mastodon, go to Hive, go to other networks. Is it, do we need to replace things? I guess that's the bigger question. If you quit something, do you have to replace it? Well, I'm not.
1: You know, mm-hmm. everybody says, oh, are you going to Mastodon? Are you going, you know, no, I'm not. I'm actually, I let, one of the things about letting it go, it was partly that, you know, what I've already said. It was also about, again, time and focus. So, again, I love spending time there and um, for lots of different reasons. But, it, again, it's about letting go of something you like, letting go of something that you enjoy. But if you're just going to replace it and do the same thing somewhere else, then unless you've got a really good set of reasons for doing that and i can't find good reasons for me to go to mastodon for example mm. i don't like it anyway it doesn't feel it doesn't feel right twitter felt right the moment i kind of landed there it always felt right and i i used to use it more for reading than for actually writing mm, ra- t- tweeting But all the information is available in lots of different ways. There are a thousand ways to get your information and you have to be really, really careful. So, yeah, I'm not sorry. It's gone and I'm not replacing it.
0: Yeah. And I but I think the overall message for people listening is, if you quit something, that doesn't mean you just have to jump into replacing it exactly the same thing. It's more like just take advantage of having that open space to like you wanted to quit some things to make more room for fiction. Well, this is something else that you know, you gives you more space. But let's talk about some other forms of marketing. So I could say that my books and travel podcast essentially is marketing, I will launch my pilgrimage book in February 2023. And I'll do a a special episode that kind of thing but it was marketing for books I never wrote (laughs) and there is a danger of building up a marketing engine for some when you don't have a product which I know a lot of people make that mistake but let's talk about also quitting advertising, spending money on a series or a book that does not work. So let's say you've changed the covers, you've rewritten the blurb, you've changed the metadata, and you still are not managing to make money with those books. What should you quit in that situation?
1: Well, move on to another book is an option. And again, there is no definite right answer. It might be time to stop doing a particular form of promotion and change into something quite different to get more creative about your promotion might be one option. Or it might just be a matter of stopping, just giving it up and moving on to market another book or another series. Uh, I think also part of quitting can be testing something new. So you might feel, okay, I'll give that up and I'll go over here and I'll do this. But I think the more I go on in this business, the more I realise that testing is the way to go and testing things on the small scale before you kind of run off and do things on the big scale. And one of the things that I liked uh, very much in the Duke book was this idea of kill criteria. So you set a date and and a state, where the two two kind of components of the kill criteria. So if I'm not in such and such a state, in other words, if I haven't achieved a certain thing by such and such a date, then I will quit on that date. And of course, this is you know sometimes it is about keeping going, and sometimes you mm-hmm. it won't let you go. And, you know, you want to quit and you can't. But I think this idea, I really like this killer criteria idea and the idea of the value of it what is its projected value if you are whatever you're doing in mar- marketing i think though this is particularly relevant for what is the projected outcome of the marketing that you're doing we can get very confused with marketing because mm-hmm. there, marketing really is all that base stuff ads and uh, other promotional things are different and so in terms of looking at promotions what is the expected value that you want on the far side? It can be too easy to just say, oh, well, I sold more books and more people know about me and so on. Um, it's about that return on investment. And it's not just financial. It can also be mm. about well-being. It can be about your health. It can be about your happiness. It can be all sorts of things. But doing a bit of advanced planning and thinking around it and that idea of kill criteria. So if I don't reach such and such a state by such and such a date, I quit that. And I maybe think
0: about something else. Yeah. And I do think this energy, I mean, we talk a lot about energy and the feeling of, I'm really glad I just did that. It will tell you whether or not that's a good idea. And that's, that book really gives you permission, right? Sometimes we need to be given permission. That's why we wanted to do this episode, because we know some of you listening need permission to quit some of these things, because actually it's not true, just because you continue doing something for month in, month out, year in, year out, doesn't mean it will be a success, unfortunately. (laughs) It's actually the truth, right?
1: Absolutely. And you do need resilience in this business. You need it to kind of absorb when it isn't successful the first time. And there is such a thing as if at first you don't succeed, try again. There is such a thing as third time lucky. You know, all of these things do Do happen, and we're not for a second saying that they don't, and we're not for a second saying if you haven't had success, give it up and go away necessarily. But we are saying if you feel you should quit something, you have permission. (laughs) Give Give yourself that permission. And you can always come back to something in a different way if in time you find that it doesn't, it doesn't work out. But we get so much advice about write more books, for example when there is no marketing structure in place often just writing another book is not actually a strategy that is likely to deliver and again she talks in the book about the monkey and the pedestal or something like that and how yeah, we... that
0: that bit confused me <laughs> oh yeah i thought that
1: was really good so you know how you can spend a lot of time um building a pedestal for something that I guess the books and travel will be an example yeah, of that yeah so you spend a lot of time on the architecture putting it all together and so on without having tested you know does this there monkey, was
0: no product yeah, yeah
1: does the monkey do the trick and so f- test the monkey bit first before you mm. put all the effort in into the other part and if it doesn't work quit that and find is there another way to get at the same thing that might deliver more value um, in a while
0: but that comes back to what you said near the beginning, which was about, it, is it procrastination? Is it because it's easier? It is easier for me to build another podcast and a website because I know exactly how to do that. It's easier for me to record interviews than it is for me to sit down and write travel books in a genre or memoir, which is really hard, turns out. <laughs> when And I resisted, it was easier to resist doing that. So yeah, I guess like you said we're not saying you have to quit but it's an option for you but in the last few minutes talk about some of the bigger questions because of course quitting your job to go full time as an author entrepreneur or vice versa quitting being an author full time to go back to a job and i want wanted to bring up the latter because i know quite a few authors who are struggling financially and felt guilty about going back to a job. And I'm like, don't feel guilty. Like everyone has to feed their family and pay the bills and whatever. Go, You're allowed to quit whatever, but it's the self-definition thing, right? You're like, I'm a full-time author, but then I need to go, as Michael Brent collings shared on my show, he went to deliver pizzas because he couldn't pay the bills. And so I quit my job back in 2011. And I had five years of building up a business on the side. And my quick criteria was if I can't make this work within six months, I will go back and get a job. And I still feel that way. Like if this business went completely south, I would go back and get a job. Like there's nothing wrong with that. So what are your thoughts on the career thing of either direction?
1: Yeah, I think I suppose you've spoken very eloquently there about the quitting to go to to get a job a supplement or to quit completely and say, you know what, I haven't, you know, I've, I've been defining myself as a writer, but why? I can be all sorts of other things. It's one short life. You don't have to be a writer. You don't have to be a publishing writer. You can quit in that way. But the other part is very often seeing authors of talent who are doing well, who hold on to the day job far too long. And don't do that brave thing of quitting and throwing yourself out out there in a way too. So I wouldn't advise anyone to do that straight up. I wouldn't advise anyone to do that until they are seeing return on investment, until they are fully publishing. Have mastered the six, uh, at least six of the seven stages, which is the whole production thing and the whole marketing and promotion thing. And you're making good sales, but time is becoming a real problem for you. And you're, you have a good reason to think that you could actually make a lot more money if you, if you take the leap, then take that leap. Do quit the day yeah. job. I love to see people quitting the day job. I remember encouraging <laughs> you to leave, <laughs> to leave the day job and stay, stay with what you were doing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you
0: well, and you also helped me not go back to my day job yeah, when it, in the early the one. Yeah. difficult, yeah. difficult phase. When you mm-hmm. were like, no, you will do better. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it, ironically, you will do better if you just keep going. <laughs> yes, yes. But, you know, that, that and that was true in, in my circumstance. I did. And like again, just before we finish, even bigger things that both you and I have done, which I feel are also about energy is we've changed cities. And both of us have changed cities in the last few years. So I moved from London to Bath and you moved to the coast, um, a coastal town from London. And also we've both moved countries. So I moved from the UK to New Zealand and then Australia and then back to the UK. And you moved from Ireland to the UK and enabled me moving back to the UK from down under liberated me from a whole load of stuff and enabled me to be a writer, but equally I had to leave the UK to almost become an indie author because it's such a staid environment or it used to be back in the day that I almost had to leave to escape. So quitting can be an even bigger thing. So what energy did moving, was what did that give you? Oh, no,
1: absolutely. I moved three times to the UK, back again, UK back again, and then for the final time back in 2008. And at that time, it was absolutely essential to me to leave just for creative sort of... Um, All four in the family came across to London for creative reasons, to freshen Mm. things up, to give ourselves opportunities that we wouldn't have had in Ireland and so on. And the recent move down to St. Leonard's was very much about moving into a more creative environment. London is super creative, obviously, and super interesting as a city. But I personally... I'm more nurtured by things like the sea and the woods and all of that. London's still on my doorstep and I commute there all the time. But to actually live, uh, this has been a great creative boost for me. And I think that's the end of my moving. But if I felt, (laughs) who knows? (laughs) If I felt my creative juices needed it again, and it's suited obviously spouse and family and everything. I wouldn't rule it out. I don't think so at this stage, but you never know. The point being, if you're thinking of quitting a country, a relationship or any of those big things because you're create, you know, in your heart and soul that creatively you need it, then quit. Do quit.
0: Leave them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Do whatever it is. So I hope we've given you lots of examples from tiny, tiny things to really, really big things that we've both quit over the years and but moved into new things. So that's the way to frame it for people listening. This is about new opportunities, refreshment, as you've said several times, and the wonderful things that can happen when you make space for it. So we're out of time, but we will be back in December. We're going to record just before the new year talking about how can indie authors prepare for the opportunities coming in 2023 because once you've made some space we're going to fill it with some (laughs) ideas of things right well it just remained to say happy writing
1: and happy publishing
0: we'll see you next time So I hope you enjoyed the discussion with Orna and I and that you have time this holiday season to consider what you might need to quit in order to make room for your creative goals in the year ahead, because we cannot do everything. And sometimes we have to let go of things to make room for the new. So I'll be back later this week with my 2022 roundup, my end of year regular show. And then next Monday, I'll be sharing my goals for 2023. I'm just finishing those up now and I will look forward to sharing them with you. I hope you can make time to reflect on your creative year and also to consider your goals for 2023. As ever, I am... More excited about being an author entrepreneur next year. Uh, After all this time, it just feels, it almost feels like I'm beginning again. Like I really have a new lease of life. And yeah, I hope to share that energy with you in the coming months. So, in the meantime, happy Christmas, happy holidays, happy writing, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today. I hope you found it helpful.